This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. Before we get into Revelation chapter 2, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to chapter 13, Revelation chapter 13, just for a moment. And I want to show you something that you are living to see in your lifetime. Something that John wrote about on the Isle of Patmos in A.D. 96. And I want to show you how, just how close we are to the Lord's return. And there are two video clips that I want you to see this evening, very short, not more than three minutes apiece. One, I think, is a little over a minute long. But in Revelation chapter 13, and we will definitely at some point, providing the rapture doesn't take place before, uh, get to this chapter and expound upon it in many, many ways. But I want to call your attention uh, to verse number 11. And, and I'm going to read several passages of Scripture here for you. Again, you have to keep in mind that this is a text that John wrote in A.D. 96. And in verse number 11, this is, by the way, is talking about the Antichrist. Most of you know that when he appears, which I believe will be either right before, and I'm talking about literally right before the rapture, uh, or definitely immediately following the rapture. And the reason I say that with, with all confidence is because the Antichrist is going to allow the Jewish people to rebuild their temple, the third temple. And there is a significant element that happens in the construction of the third temple, and that is he is going to allow them, as you've heard me preach, and I will continue to preach, and I'll preach it again in January when we get into our Bible prophecy series. But he is going to allow them to reestablish temple worship as in the days of the Old Testament. By the way, they're waiting for the red heifer to come. You, when you hear that, uh, you, you, right now you need to be looking up because your redemption draweth nigh anyway. But, uh, and I'm waiting eagerly for news and updates on, on the red heifer. But, in the beginning of the tribulation, which immediately begins after the rapture, as quick as the rapture takes place, the tribulation begins. Most of you know that it is in two segments. The Antichrist comes in as a, a peacemaker in the first three and a half years. And as a peacemaker, he's got to call global calmness to the world after the havoc that takes place after the rapture. Catastrophic events all over the world. 
He calls the world in order and peace. He begins to have great success with with the Muslims, the Arabs, and all nations of the earth to the point where he is now, the temple is either built prior to the rapture or immediately afterwards because in the middle of the tribulation, and you know the tribulation lasts for seven years, the first three and a half years is a time period of peace. But the second three and a half years is a time of trouble and war and and havoc and brutalities. And it is in the second three and a half years that the Antichrist will stop the temple worship. He will drive the Jewish people out of their temple. He will erect an image to himself and he will demand that everybody on the earth worship his image. Now, in addition to that, the first three and a half years, he is going to require a volunteer approach to taking his mark. We know that to be 666. I'll reread it for you in a moment. The first three and a half years will be on a volunteer basis, almost like the COVID shots. A lot of people were given the choice to get it or not to get it. But you know and I know that the people who chose not to get it were not permitted to fly, were not permitted, and that's just one, uh, to take cruise vacations. Uh, there were many different things that limited people and their access to things who did not choose to get it. Now, whether you chose to get it or not, that's not what I'm talking about. All I'm saying is that you know how it was. They say that it was optional, but in many ways they they mandated it. But theoretically, it was a volunteer approach. The mark of the beast will be in the early days of the tribulation, a volunteer premise that the Antichrist works upon. In the social new world order, you can imagine, imagine the people, if, and again, I go back to COVID, if you didn't get the shot, sometimes people ask you, and they asked you, did you get the shot? If you say, no, I didn't get the shot, then they backed off like you had some some kind of, like you had it. I think there is going to be a perception by the world at large that in this volunteer system, if you do not take the mark of the beast, there is going to be a perception that you're not part of society. That you are rebellious to this kumbaya, all over the globe. And in some ways, there are going to be repercussions from that. But in the middle of the tribulation, the Antichrist will say, no more volunteer. Everybody is going to get the mark. 
And if you do not get the mark, you, you are going to reap detrimental, fatal consequences. And so having said that and laid this foundation, I pick up here with verse number 11. And this is dealing with the Antichrist and the number of the mark of the beast. And he says, And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as dragons. Now when we get into the the uh, the verse-by-verse study of this, expository study of it, We'll bring out these meanings and so forth. And the Bible says, And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Now again, I've taught you well on this and we'll talk about it again in January, but the fire that the Antichrist calls down from heaven, you have to keep it in context. Do you remember that Elijah defied the prophets of Baal who was trying to call down from fire from heaven? The fire and and the Antichrist is going to imitate the miracle that Elijah performed on Mount Carmel by calling fire down from heaven. The difference is that when Elijah called down fire from heaven from Mount Carmel, he called it down from the throne room, from the third heaven. The Bible describes Satan to be the prince and power of the air. So when the Antichrist calls down fire from heaven, it's not from the throne room. It's not from the third heaven where God's throne is. He's calling down fire from the first heaven where the atmospheric clouds and so forth exist. That's the first heaven. The second heaven is where the sun, moon, and stars, the galaxies are. The third heaven is where God's throne is. So the Antichrist, who is possessed by Satan himself, will be able to do great miracles in such a way he deceives the world and they think truly he is God. And so, and he doeth great wonder so that he maketh fire come down from heaven. Keep in mind, that's not where God is on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them, that's the key word, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now, this is the second half of the tribulation. And in this, in verse number 16, and he causeth all, this is no longer a volunteer program. 
He demands all. He, he, he creates a society where this has to happen. It will happen. There are no exceptions. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich or poor, free or bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. It's going to be mandatory that people take the mark of the beast either in their hand or in their foreheads. And verse 17, and that no man might buy or sell. In other words, you will no longer be able to be employed. And if you are not employed and you do not, at this point, register or you're unable to receive any kind of Social Security, government funds, any any kind, as a result of that, if you don't take the mark of the beast or the name of the beast or the number of his name, they're going to be killed. And then the word says in verse 18, here is wisdom, let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man and his number is 603 score and six. So the scripture is clear. In the tribulation, unless the person has the mark of the beast in their hand. And how that works is this. You go to the supermarket. You no longer pull out your credit card. You no longer pull out some cash. You go into the supermarket and you show your hand. They will take that instrument. They will put it over your hand and it will register. Because there, we are coming to a cashless society. I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. There'll be no more cash. You're going to have to prove that you are a citizen of the world, the new world order. And the only way you can do that is if you have the mark of the beast. Now, everything beginning in the, in the opening pages of Genesis all the way through the word of God, things foreshadow things to come. The Old Testament was a book of types pointing to Christ and his coming. And there are a lot of Old Testament stories that make, make that so, so plain. In the process, there are things that are not only known to be forerunners or foreshadows of things to come, and that's, that's basically what the seminary word for Bible prophecy is, eschatology, which means the study of things to come as things in the Old Testament would foreshadow things to come, they, they develop into forerunners, not only foreshadowing, but forerunners. And in other words, the Bible from the opening pages of Genesis is telling the story all the way through the 66 books that gives us clear, crystal clear understanding 
through the leadership of the Holy Spirit to understand exactly what is about to unfold. Now, something has to transpire first before there is a six, six, a chip placed in your hand that has six, six, six on it. Something transpires first. That's called a forerunner. John the Baptist was a forerunner of Christ. And he said, I'm not, I'm not him. I'm not the Christ. But I'm telling you about the one that's coming after me, and he is the Christ. At the Jordan, when Jesus majestically made his way down to the water, John stopped his preaching and he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That's the Christ, not me, him. But he was a forerunner of Christ. Now, the mark of the beast, there is going to be a chip placed in hands globally that is a forerunner of the one world system that will ultimately be turned into, it will not be 666 at first, but it will be, as the scripture says, a chip that is placed in the hand or the forehead that will ultimately bear the numbers 666. Now, I want you to see something that is startling, but you have lived to see what John saw. And so I've asked these men in the media department to get these clips on the screen. Now, those of you that are watching at home, you might have to lean forward just a little bit because I understand that watching the screen from a computer screen may be difficult. You here tonight, and you can tell by the overwhelming standing room only crowd we have, how the hunger and thirst for righteousness exists in our church when these things are upon us. But it might be a little difficult to see, so pay attention. Those of you that are here tonight, you have, you have the best observation as possible. So, Brother Yuri, I'm going to ask you uh, about this chip uh, to uh, play this clip, and I want you to listen very attentively because you're living to see what John saw. Play this clip. Well, many have started paying for things with our phones, even watches. One company, though, wants to take that technology to another level by implanting a chip in your hand. <laughs> so, the overseas company Walletmore is selling the microchip in parts of Europe. It's about the size of a grain of rice, goes under the skin, it's then activated using a digital wallet app. The chip is going for about $300, and the company says at least 200 people have gotten them implanted already. Who I would have people? many questions for a doctor about right. that. Yeah, how, how healthy didn't look is very that micro, important? did it? No. <laughs> it was pretty big. I mean, it's a pretty big chip. I mean, you know, a paper cut hurts. You're going to yes. put a thing like that? You know, in what your hand. If you have to change banks, you gotta like. Right, you gotta change it out. <laughs> I don't know. I'm interested in it. Keep it away from me. I just want to know how it affects your body. Yeah, it can't be good. It mm -hmm. can't be good to put some electronic device in your body and keep it there. Mm -hmm. Ooh, good luck with that. Yeah.
I want you to notice something significant, something you didn't, you didn't catch. And I want you to go back. We'll, we'll play it just for a little bit and we'll stop it and get to the next one. Redo this and I'll tell you where to stop it. Play it again. Many have started paying for things with our phones, even watches. One company, though, wants to take that technology to another level by implanting a chip in your hand. <laughs> so, the overseas company Walletmore is... Stop it right the there. Now, do, what do you see? You see the right hand. Play it again. Keep it going chip in parts of Europe. It's about the size of a grain of rice. Goes what do you see? Stop it right there. You see what I'm saying? Unless he has the mark in his right hand or his forehead. Now, this whole business right here, you, you are living to see the fulfillment. This is a forerunner of the mark of the beast. I want to reestablish something. The mark of the beast is going to be volunteer the first three and a half years. Think about how close we are to the rapture. This will be mandatory the second half of the tribulation. But these people are advertising how wonderful this is going to be. And people all over the globe will line up in droves to get it. And then churches like our church will be starving to death as a group, a remnant preaching the gospel, the truth, which I pray to God. That now, I believe that there will be people affiliated with our church that will miss the rapture and take the mark. I pray none of you here tonight will do that. And it's going to cost us something to stand. Now, let's get this out of the way, and I want to share something else with you. I gave you a prophecy a couple of weeks ago that I believed that before long we were going to see a global effort to rewrite the Bible. Because of the abominations that are being presented to us at warp speed and the liberal agenda to take out the definition of what a woman is, what a man is, what a male is, what a female is, to take out what we know to be the truth as Jesus being the only way, there is going to be a collective, united effort globally 
where the Bible has to be now in this day for such a time as this. It could not have been done five years ago. It could not have been done 10 years ago. It could not have been done a year ago. But now, because things are moving at warp speed in Bible prophecy, I gave you a word of prophecy just a few weeks ago that I believed with all of my heart that there was going to be a global effort to rewrite the Bible, to take out the elements of Jesus being the only way. There needed to be a Bible that appeals to everybody. That, that would mean that the Quran that the Muslims hold to has to be included in this one world Bible. It has to be all inclusive because that's the cesspool that the world is in today. And we have people calling themselves Bible-believing Christians who are so sucked into this trend and accepting it. I'm telling you that these things are an abomination in the sight of God. This is what is called sin. And sin is what nailed Jesus to the cross. If sin wasn't the reason he came to die and to give us a ransom, then why did God subject him to all the brutality that he went through? So there has to be a Bible. Now, where does it begin? It begins somewhere. Some superpower that plants the seed, orchestrates it, and then just as people have been rioting in the streets in America, now have you seen in Europe they're rioting in the street? It was somebody that set the example, somebody that did it first, and then there are people that imitated it all over the world. And that's what's happening. And when this Kumbaya Bible, when this one world Bible comes into the forefront, there are going to be people all over the planet that says, that's what we need. We need a Bible. We have to stop this King James business because it's talking about sin. It's talking about abomination. It's talking about homosexuality. It's talking about this, that, and the other. And what, listen, that we're not going to preach that, teach that, accept that anymore. It's a buck of hate speech. And so we need a one world Bible. And, it's, and so they're all going to get together. And this one did it. And this one did it. That one. And so it's going to be all kumbaya. I'm telling you, it's a one world Bible for a one world church nestled in the heart of a one-world government. It's coming. How close are we to that? I gave you a word of prophecy the other day about this. Show this clip. All right, now, all through this year, China has been scrutinized and criticized by the international community for detention of Muslims. But that has not deterred Xi Jinping. He now wants to rewrite the Bible and the Quran. You heard that right. China makes everything, and that includes religious texts. China publishes the highest number of copies of the Bible, and now it wants to edit them as well. 
Now, you could call this censorship of religious texts, you could call this meddling in religious affairs, China plans to do it. The reports say that China wants to translate religious books, government censors will go through them, and anything undesirable, anything that does not confirm to the communist ideology, believe it or not, will also be edited out of the religious texts. Now China calls this a religious system with Chinese characteristics. Reports say that a group of 16 experts has been appointed for this purpose, that the order to edit religious texts comes straight from the top, from President Xi Jinping himself. Last year, the Chinese president had given his officials new tools to keep all religious activity under check. Now, the State Council of China had passed what they call new regulations on religious affairs. The rules came into effect last year. So what are these rules? Now, it is, these rules give more power to the government to control religious activities. More restrictions on religious locations and even celebrations have not been spared. Government officials in China can now dictate the timing and location of religious celebrations. The online religious activity is also very tightly watched. Any donation that is more than 100,000 yuan must be reported to the authorities. In recent years, Beijing has kept a tight watch on all religious activities. Crackdowns have escalated, churches have been shot, mosques have been bulldozed, monasteries have been placed under surveillance. Although China recognizes five religions, the Communist Party itself is outrightly atheist. So why crack down on religion now? The truth about modern-day China is that religious observance is on the rise. The people are turning to religion, modernization, the economic boom and consumerism tends to have that effect. It makes people seek something higher and then they of course turn to religion. Now it's a trend that the Communist Party does not like. It wants complete control and it's willing to go to any extent to achieve this control. The China has become intolerant towards religion and it looks like Xi Jinping takes immense pride in introducing such measures. The China wants to challenge the international rules-based order. It is questioning conventional wisdom in the process. It is also creating new templates. And nobody, of course, is questioning China's conduct, not on colonizing smaller nations, not on human rights violations, not on curbing religious freedom. And this silence has allowed Xi Jinping to suppress the Chinese people one step at a time. Let's stop it there. When I spoke of this the other night in one of my Sunday sermons, I knew it was close, but I did not know that it was here. It is here. When this is a state, did you notice what it said? 16 experts to vet. You know what vet means? Omit, take out, scan, remove. And it's going to happen globally. Where these 16 experts, whoever they are, are going to get what? 16 in Europe? They're going to get what? 16 in the States? In the West? And I'm telling you, like warp speed, this globe is moving towards making it a crime to preach the word of God that you hold in your lap. I have been preaching for years that Jesus is coming again.
and I have been preaching the signs. The disciples said, what shall be the signs of thy coming? In January, in the prophecy series, we talk about all of that. But it gives me a chill to present to you these two simple video clips because out of the word of God you have seen that this is more than a message. This is more than a sermon. This is what's happening before our very eyes. And what grieves me to the core of my spirit is that many people who call themselves Christians are roller skating in Walmart and King's Domain. All, and I'm not saying those places are wrong to go to, but I'm telling you this. My heart breaks over the fact that there is not a a, a more compulsive spirit within many people. Hey, this is the day where it counts. I need to get myself in that church. I need to serve the Lord with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind. I need to be looking up and waiting for his glorious appearing. I need to be praying every day, even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. I need to be moving myself into a place of sanctification every day instead of being more attached to the world, its trends, its systems, and everything that accompanies it. Because in the twinkling of an eye, the rapture will take place. Well, I don't have time to get into Revelation 2 tonight. It's 8 o'clock. But I hope that the message tonight has compelled you to be alert and to be vigil with the fact that the Lord's return. Listen, when I say, when you hear the word imminent, that means it could happen tonight. We, we we are so close. And again, I want to emphasize something. These things that you have seen tonight and what you have heard, this could not have happened a year ago. But things are moving so fast and out of control. And the scriptures are, are it's just like God has rolled back a curtain and he's saying to those who study the word, can you not see? Do you not know? Can you not hear what is happening? He's rolled the curtain back, and there everything is on center stage. My prayer is, oh, God in heaven, that we would be a church without spot or wrinkle, that we would not be ashamed at his coming. To God be the glory. Let's stand together tonight. Next week, Lord willing, we'll get into verse 19, where I had intended to speak. But these things came at warp speed to me, and I knew that it would be a blessing to you for me to pass these truths on. And you know how close we are to what we believe is the rapture. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.